Have you ever been in the situation where one of your coworkers has come back from a miscarriage and you really wanted to reach out and say something, but you were at a loss for words? Or maybe somebody in your family has experienced an infant loss. If you found yourself in the position where you didn't want to say the wrong thing, but you weren't quite sure what to say, this podcast is for you. Let's begin. Welcome to the Pause to Remember podcast. My name is Amy Pelkey. I'm a practicing CRNA yoga teacher and mother to one son here on earth and one daughter who was stillborn. If you are a healthcare provider who has experienced pregnancy or infant loss, this podcast is for you. My goal is to offer resources, conversations, and mindfulness-based grief tools to help providers like you build the courage to acknowledge and process your emotions, the strength to carry your grief, and resilience so you can preserve your career, relationships, and overall well-being while honoring the memory of your baby. I want to assure you that you are not alone in your grief. I am thankful that you are here today. Let's begin. Hello and welcome. Thank you for sharing some of your time by being here today. This episode is a bit of a shift. Normally, I am offering content to grieving healthcare providers, particularly female healthcare providers who've experienced pregnancy or infant loss. And today, I want to talk a little bit to the support people surrounding these grieving moms and dads because. All of this information is going to be applicable to a grieving dad or even somebody else who has lost a parent, a sibling, um, anybody who is grieving. A lot of this content would be applicable to any conversations you might have with them. So in reading through a lot of Facebook groups over the years, I can't tell you how many hundreds of posts I've read about a mom in particular having somebody say something to her that was very upsetting. And I know that people truly want to be supportive and kind and helpful. Sometimes the words just don't come across that way to a grieving parent. So I want to break down what not to say and 13 areas to avoid. And then I'll go ahead and give you some ideas of how to initiate a conversation, how to ask open-ended questions, and just some tips for you while you're having those conversations that may feel really uncomfortable to both you and to the grieving parent. Okay, so I'm going to break down the different areas that you should probably avoid when talking to a grieving parent and give you some examples. Number one, offering hope. When you say something like, you're young and you can get pregnant again, you are trying to give them hope for the future. And although your intentions are good, this approach will probably backfire. Grievers are feeling sad, pain, anger, frustration, hopelessness. This is your opportunity to meet them where they are without changing anything. Number two, minimizing their grief. When you say something like, you'll be okay, you're strong and we'll bounce back, this can minimize their grieving in the moment. And when we minimize somebody's grief, it can potentially delay their ability to move through it. And it might be really hard for you to see that person grieving, but honestly, that's where they're at. And again, nothing to change. Number three, 
trying to fix the situation. Here's an example. If somebody says, just take a little time off and then get back to work. The routine will help you get over this. There is no advice that can fix the grief or lessen the burden for the person experiencing the loss. So it's best to just allow them to figure out what they need as they go. Number four, giving advice. Maybe somebody is talking about how they've had multiple losses and you chime in, you should adopt. Advising them on their next step is probably not going to be well received. Number five, explaining the loss. An example of this would be something like this. It's probably better than caring for a special needs child. I can assure you, it does not matter if the baby was sick, had a genetic problem, suffered from a congenital defect, or was born prematurely. Both mom and dad love them just the same. The loss is just as real. Number six, comparisons. Here's an example. My daughter lost her baby too. At least you have a child at home. She doesn't. There is no room for comparison when it comes to grieving. A good thing to keep in mind is there is no loss greater than your own. Number seven, questioning. Asking something like, did your baby have a genetic problem? Are you going to try again? This is really none of your business. A parent will offer what they are comfortable sharing. Simply listen and know that there are some details they may always keep private. Number eight, guilting the griever. Saying something like, maybe you work too much and the stress caused your loss. This is not helpful. It may be easy to stand from the outside looking in and think that something caused the loss, but honestly, we don't know. And we don't know the entire circumstances unique to that family. Casting blame, shame, or guilt on the griever is not productive. Number nine, being positive. You would think that this would be helpful, but when you say something like, at least it was early in your pregnancy, or at least you have children at home, there is no positive spin you can put on losing a pregnancy or baby that is helpful. There is still one person missing in the family, and that's the baby. Number 10, a theologic response. Saying something like, Jesus needed another angel, or it wasn't God's timing. He has his reasons. Not everyone is religious, believes in God, or can identify with this line of reasoning. Reasoning. So please just don't say these things. Number 11, statistics. Yes, we know about one in four women experience loss. This is not a comfort in numbers kind of situation. Nobody wants to be a statistic. And if you're talking to a grieving parent, Reminding them that there's so many other people going through this may make them feel even worse. Number 12, grief reversal. An example of this would be someone saying, I'm so heartbroken that you lost your baby. I keep crying about it. Maybe that's the grandmother of the baby talking to her daughter or daughter-in-law. 
it's okay for anybody to grieve that baby and it's okay to express those feelings. But putting the mother or the father in the position of feeling like they need to comfort that person or comfort you if you're the person saying that is just not okay. They are already burdened with their own grief. Let somebody else help you feel some support. Number 13, I encourage everyone to refrain from saying, let me know if I can do anything for you. These words come from a place of good intention. Unfortunately, when you're grieving, it's exhausting and overwhelming. And having the energy to pick up the phone or text for help, or even knowing what to ask for, might feel impossible to the grieving parent. Okay, I hope that's a pretty comprehensive list um, to try to help you avoid saying anything that might be triggering or hurtful to a grieving mom or dad. So let's kind of shift gears here and start talking about what to say. An easy way to start a conversation is to be really honest. For example, you could say, I really don't know what to say, but I want you to know how sorry I am for your loss. I can't imagine the pain you are going through, but I want you to know I care about you. Even though you don't know exactly what to say, you are acknowledging the loss, the feelings, the grief. In that moment, you're creating space for the grieving mom or dad to start sharing maybe something that's going on. Being an active listener is really important as they speak. Mirroring the griever's language or their emotion can also be helpful. Your nonverbal communication is also important. So if you approach somebody that's sitting down, grabbing another chair and pulling it up next to them before you start speaking to them allows you to be eye level and makes it easier to make eye contact. If it feels appropriate, offer them a hug. If they get tearful, hand them a tissue. All of these things are a way to communicate how much you care and how concerned you are. If you are finding that the griever is opening up to you, you can continue asking open-ended questions. Here's a few examples. You could say, what has been the toughest part of your loss? Is there one time a day that you feel is worse for you? And if you feel comfortable, you could even ask how their spouse or children are handling with the loss. Just keep in mind, you're not asking for them to share what their future plans are or anything. You're just creating a safe space for them to process some of their grief in that moment. Know that they're not alone and that you care. If the family named the baby, use the name. It helps preserve the baby's memory and it is like music to the mom and dad's ears to hear that baby's name. In the next podcast, I'll go over some thoughts that I have about what you can do or buy for a family that is grieving after pregnancy or infant loss. If you would like this information in a written format, I've put it in a blog post and put the link in the show notes. If you would like this information sent to your email, simply click the link below, enter your name and email, and I will get it sent right off to you. I hope this information was helpful to you. Please offer feedback by going to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this episode. 
At the time of this recording, everything being offered to female licensed healthcare providers who are grieving after pregnancy or infant loss is being offered freely. This includes the monthly virtual support group, the Facebook group dedicated to grieving healthcare providers, ebook, and occasional pop-up yoga classes. If you would like to support the work being done here at Pause to Remember, please consider donating with the donate button in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to sharing more with you in the future. Mm-hmm.